Welcome to the Peace and Purpose Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. What's up, Jans? How you doing, bro? Hey, man. Hey, hello, listeners. I hope y'all have had a great week so far. Um, yes. We are looking forward to this episode. Yes, I hope you had a rocking and rolling week. And um, I want to ask you guys, do you ever feel like you have, you sort of pigeon your pigeonhole yourself into a corner or a hole with your own inner dialogue, like with your thoughts? Do you feel like you have, you put yourself in a mood that you don't want to be in because you're thinking the way you are? Well, today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how our thoughts influence our moods and our anxiety. So, um, but but first, before we get to that, Chance and I wanted to to recap a little bit about how we've been doing with some of the things we talked about um, earlier in the season, and we want to inspire you guys to think about those things as well. So yeah, and see see a reflection for how it's been for y'all. Um, yeah. So first few things is I think going back to episode two, um, those trigger points. You know, we're curious if to reflect on those to see what y'all had found initially, see if you found any sense. Um, you know, those those main points that are causing maybe a lot of the stress in your life. So um, if you just want to take a second, reflect on that to see if you were able to find those, to see if you've been able to kind of attack those with some of the things that we've recently talked about. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and then, pause, uh, it for, pause it for a second and, and yeah, reflect we'll give on it, that. Give it a few yeah. seconds. Yeah, no, 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 we won't give it a few. Just let them, let them pause the audio and they can think. Um, oh, yeah, that's smart. You can do that. Didn't even think about that. Thank you, Corbin. Um, so another <laughs> no thing is meditation. We're curious if y'all have taken up meditation of any kind, if it's if it's with the Calm app or if it's your own meditation or if it's just a simple breathing exercise. Um, if you want to take a second, reflect on that as well. Um, we're hoping that meditation was something that, that y'all have implemented. Um, I don't know... Ex- Corbin, I'll, I'll hand over to you in a second for that. But as far as my meditation, I'm, I'd say I'm doing about three or four times a week. I think it is very mm-hmm. beneficial. It's slowly affecting the way that my mind works. Um, I think yeah. it's brought a lot of clarity. And I found the biggest thing for me is that I'm finding in moments of maybe stress or I'm trying to push forward to the future or there's something I might be anxious about, even if I can't even figure it out. I'm just anxious about a time in the future the next day. I do this this deep breathing exercise Wherever I'm at, if I'm sitting on a, you know, if I'm sitting, uh, I can't even think of where I was at. Anyways, wherever you're at, you know, if you're at home, if you're outside, if you're walking, if you're in the car, some deep breathing. Um, that definitely has been my impact. Corbin, you still been meditating? Yes, yes. And I also wanted, before we before we dive into each one, um, about whether you guys have taken time to explore your spirituality or your, your faith, your faith uh, life, your faith path. Um, whatever that may be, I just wanted you guys to also reflect on that. Um, but as far as meditation goes, um, yeah, I have been meditating. Um, I meditate when I th- when I think to do so. Um, I'm making it less of a rigid practice right now, and it's more of a something I do, and it is super beneficial um, because yeah. it it roots me to the moment, and it's like so. I have two gears, basically, I've noticed with myself here recently. One is where, like, I'm super, I'm super engaged and, like, I'm super excited. And, like, it's it's a big shift. And the other is whenever I'm bogged down by some sort of 
some sort of worry. Um, and I found that things like meditation, um, and I do some use some other techniques that we're going to talk about later in this podcast, that have helped to unlock the self in me that is the vibrant, excited, like, on-purpose self. And meditation helps to ground me in that moment. So, like, if I see myself, like, I'm super bogged down by what's going on around me, and I feel... I feel like I can't interact with other people or with myself in the way that I want to. I find that when I go to meditation, I'm able to unlock that excited, like, enjoying my life state. And it's sort of like the catalyst for that. Like, so that's been my experience with that recently. Um, and that's, like, I cannot tell you. Like, the other day I told Chance, like, I think I had the best day of my life because I had been in a big... Like, I had been in, like, a river of that getting bogged down by the worries of the world and my life. And then I incorporated some of these practices, and I literally felt, like, more alive than I remember feeling alive in recent history for me. So, um, but yeah, meditation's helped me to do that, definitely. appreciate you sharing that, Corbin. Um, I know that's probably very beneficial. I mean, and Corbin telling me about these things have helped me, like I said, you know, we want to start this podcast solely because of our conversations and the help that we brought to each other to hope that that would provide help to you. So um, hopefully us being open, especially Corbin, um, we appreciate it. Um, hopefully that will help realize, you know, we're in the same, if not a similar situation to you is trying to improve our stress as well. And, you know, that's why we wanted to dig into this season. Um, side note too, this is kind of neat. I've realized that, you know, structure I think is very important. Um, at least for my life, but I've realized if you're able to structure your life but not push yourself so much to, I have to do this, I have to do this. So like instead of going, I have to meditate five times a week, it's more like, okay, you know, that's the goal. And, but I'm going to relax and enjoy meditation. I'm going to try to make it a priority. And you know, when I have a convenient time to go in and meditate, I'll do so. You know, if that day doesn't allow for it, that's okay. I'm not going to stress about it. Um, so yeah. I think that's another thing is not structuring it so much to where you can't enjoy it. But Chance, I can't tell you how, how deeply I respect you for saying that. Cause I just like, like what I was saying a minute ago about that my schedule with it isn't so rigid. Now that I've gotten the, the framework of it and like, I see the benefit in it. I'm in a stage where I can relax and, and let that live through me. Like I don't have to be so in like highly structured and like, I do this at 10 o'clock. Like, I'm not having to do that. Exactly. And I, I have to give props to, to Brenda. She's helped me out a lot with that. And we're polar opposites awesome. as far as structure. And it works for both of us. But I think the balance between the two um, can be very healthy. I think balance is a big thing. But anyways, the other thing, too, before we want to get started is <laughs> I wanted to reflect on my nail biting. It has not improved. But because of um, uh, a good friend of mine. I'm not going to do the gloves portion. I don't think that's necessarily the best idea. There's some type of, I don't know if it's nail polish, or it's, it's yes. some type of material that you put on your nails, and I think it's for kids, but I'm, I actually just purchased that, so I'm going to try it out, and I will let you know brand what it is, and if it works, apparently what yeah. I've been told is it tastes absolutely terrible, which <laughs> therefore you know tries to keep you away from biting your nails, so I'll let you know how that goes, but did want to... Um, to reflect back on that as that was something I had mentioned in previous episodes. The only other thing that I just yeah. thought of, I hope you guys had the chance to watch mine 
and work on your patience and enjoy that movie. If not, <laughs> we still recommend it. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a good show notes. Um, yeah, Chance, I'm glad you mentioned that because Lacey Bell actually, she kept reminding me to tell you that about that nail polish. I, I was not the friend that told him about it. She she has been telling me to, to mention that to you, and I haven't. <laughs> Um, but she'll be happy to know that I'm doing that and now doing it publicly right now. So, yeah, but yeah, so, nail polish. So y'all, y'all, if you have nail biting problems, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep I'll keep you updated. Yeah, maybe. To... Well, sorry, sorry. No, you're anyway. good. Uh, but yeah, I'll try to keep you updated. That's another thing we want to do. And like I said, thanks to Brenda, <laughs> we're gonna try to do a recap, <laughs> kind of just to keep keep you on the loop. You know, if we're talking about one thing in one episode, we want to make sure that we we go back and reflect on it and that you're updated and that, you know, we're keeping up with y'all as far as all the things that we've talked about throughout the seasons or the, throughout the episodes. Cause if y'all are keeping up with us on a day to day or a week to week basis, we, you know, we appreciate that, but we want to be able to reflect and keep y'all engaged so that, you know, the steps that we're making towards improving that stress and anxiety, you know, that we're all, that we're going back to those, uh, to each episode so that we can see yeah. if, if, you, if we made improvements. Yeah, I also think I think it would also be hysterical if we like uh, developed the sponsorship agreement with the nail polish company, and we're like, that's like our thing. We're like, we're like, yeah, no, get, this like <laughs> get this nail polish. Get this nail polish. We'd have we have to. I'd have to. My rule about that's going to be we have to try it though. So I'm going to have to try it, and like I don't have I don't bite my nails, but like I'm going to try it just to see if it like. I guess try the taste to see if it like turns me oh, away. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> hey, do, hey, do it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. I'll just take Please a shot do. of it. No, don't do that. <laughs> but I, I, I don't want to be held liable for, for, for telling you that. Um, no, yeah. and Tide no, Pods. What, no. <laughs> before, I, before I hand it back over, I think Corbin's gonna run the majority of this this episode. But before we get into it, we this is the hope. I'm not going to guarantee it. Work on a Facebook page, and that's going to be our way of communication with y'all so that we have feedback for those who are tuning in. Uh, if there's recommendations that you have, if there's things you would like to change, things you like, um, we're hoping to have that Facebook page as a means of back-and-forth communication. So we will release that information either in this episode, if it's up within... We're actually recording on a Saturday today, so... Um, if we can get it done after this episode, we'll definitely let y'all know in the show notes. If not, we will keep you updated. Try to get that as soon as possible so that we can have a yes. means of communication. Um, and then we'll work on a few other things. And, you know, if if there's changes or things that we feel valuable to keep y'all um, in the loop with, we will let you know. Great. Yeah, Chant, that's awesome. I think, and I think the Facebook page, we want that to be a place where, well, there's a, there's a couple of things we want to do with it. I think chance one is is sort of like the suggestion box with it. We want we want to hear from you about what you think of the podcast itself. We want you guys to yes engage with us, but also talk to each other. Like we want it to be like a community piece. We want to have these streams of thought to where you guys can interact with one another in a in a supportive way and sort of be a support group to our own to our growth as a group with that. Yeah, um, I like that. And. I, yeah, I had that idea the other day because I I want this to be something where we can we can be there for for one another as a as a group, not just me and Chance responding with you as individuals. Um, additionally, that's also where we'd like to do inquiries for people who maybe something we've said has touched you, or you've incorporated a different lens in your life, or different thought process, or a different behavior. Um, and it's impacted you, and you want to talk about it, 
we'd also like to, to hear from you on there to see if we'd like to actually have you on the podcast and have you have you FaceTime or Zoom in with us. And we, we would really appreciate interacting with you and getting to see if things that we've said have been helpful for you. Yeah, so. I know we continue to talk about interviews, and I know it's it's a it's something I feel like we mention almost every episode, or I mention every episode, and yeah, we want to make sure that we're able to do that, we're able to move forward with that. So I think yes. this will, like you said, I think this will be a step forward to be able to to do that. And I'm gonna make one more mention of something for me, and we're gonna get right into the the bulk of the episode. And I'm going to guys tell you straight up one thing I realize about myself. One of the things I value the most out of anything in this world is having a deep, like a real human connection with people. And I want to have that with you guys. So I want, I'm right there with Chance about interacting with you guys and also having you on. Because I, I personally, I don't can't speak for Chance, but I think he is in the same camp. We want to connect with you guys. We really do. So anyway. No, for sure. Let's get into the, the episode. Um, talking about sort of our inner dialogue and and working with that, how how thoughts underlie things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lead the conversation here, and I'll ask questions for chance. And we're even uh, planning on doing some exercises today. So and I'm not pre- I'm not prepared for these questions. So maybe chance, that'll oh help yeah, chance provide doesn't even know some what authentic what's what's the word authenticity there authenticity. Yep, there chance doesn't even know what what concepts I'm working with today. So we're gonna have fun here. Um, so. Not long, not super long ago, maybe a month or so, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. Um, I've discovered this technique um, called cognitive behavioral therapy. I get an introduction to this through a term called, um, it's called cognitive distortions. And cognitive distortions are common thought patterns and fallacies, essentially, that we think. And oftentimes cause us to um, have negative moods. Okay? And this is important to understand because the underlying thought behind cognitive behavioral therapy, especially cognitive therapy, is that our thoughts create our feelings. Our thoughts create our moods. Okay? So, essentially the genesis is that that inner dialogue that you're having, depending on the quality of that, that has a great and significant impact on how you feel. Whether you feel anxious, whether you feel stressed, whether you feel depressed, whether how, however you feel sad or upset, whatever. It's your thoughts that create those moods. Chance, do you can, have something to say? Yeah, can we get an example? I'm very example-oriented, so I think... Excellent. Excellent. We're getting into that. Okay. Sorry, so, I'm jumping No, that's quite okay. Um, so, an example. Let me think. I know, I'll put you on the spot. No, that's that's quite okay. It's, it's good, because this needs to be a, something that... You ask a question, and we think we pause to think, and we answer in a way that we feel is true. Um, so, an example. So maybe a okay. bad thought. That I you're can I can give you an, I can give you an example right now. I so there was a trigger that went on, and we'll get to this. Is a technique called the daily mood log. I drove past. There's a golf course in our town. It's called Corbin Hills, which is hilarious because my name is Corbin. I'm not saying I'm not saying that to be like. Uh, um, you know, a douche, <laughs> if you will. But um, but I drove past this golf. I was coming home from school, I believe, and I drove past Corbin Hills, and I was like, the, the trigger was driving past. So that was the event. And I remember thinking to myself, or I, well, I had a feeling, and I said, I feel inadequate. 
I feel, I feel anxious. And I was like, why? Be- because of that, I had to draw back and I go to my thoughts. And I said, what was I thinking in that moment that caused me to feel that way? And what I was thinking was, I'll never be financially stable. I'll never, I'll never be able to make the money that I want to make. These are, I'll, I bet the, I bet the people that own this golf course are doing well, and I am not intelligent enough, or I'm not, um, I don't have the awareness enough or the maturity enough to be in a position where I am doing that and doing well on it, providing value for people and getting compensated in return. I had that thought. Those are my thoughts. And it's best if you phrase those as statements. And then, so you draw those back. And you you see that those thoughts create the mood that I had. I was anxious. I felt inadequate. I felt like I was, like I was an immature person who didn't understand how the world worked and how to do well in it. And that's an example of my inner dialogue causing me to feel something. Did that, did that give you a pretty good example, Chance? No, that was perfect. Thank you for thank you for sharing there. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of what the sort of thing I'm talking about. Um, and I think this is a great lead-in. There's a technique. So how I got into this deeper, first I, a, a person in my life talked about, co- mentioned to me cognitive distortions like if I had ever heard of them. Um, and that got me into and we're about, to, we're about to talk about that in a second, but I'll tell you how I came to this content. And that led me to cognitive behavioral therapy. And then there's a man, his name is David D. Burns. He's a, he's a psychiatrist, he's a medical doctor. Um, well, yeah, he's a medical, he's an MD. Um, and he was, he sort of led the wave, he didn't create cognitive behavioral therapy, but he was one of the, the first people to sort of jump on board with it. I think there was only like six or maybe eight practitioners in the entire world, and he was one of them to begin with. Um, but so I looked into him. I started listening to. He has a podcast. It I would highly recommend it. It's called the Feeling Good Podcast, and we can link this in the show notes. Um, but he also has. He's an author. He's wrote a lot of books, and the book that I picked up and I thought was particularly pertinent to my life and how I've been feeling as well as the season is When Panic Attacks. Um, it's called, it's the no, it's the new drug-free anxiety therapy that can change your life by David D. Burns. Um, and it talks about, it's all about cognitive behavioral therapy. And one of the first techniques is the daily mood log. So I'm going to go ahead. I've literally got my book right here. I'm going to turn to this page. It's, so this is, these are activities that you can do to sort of work through in a similar way, um, to what I was just talking about a second ago with Chance in my example. So, here we are. So, you start off with a triggering event. This is an exercise to help you flesh out your emotions and playing off the episode before to get you to know yourself a little bit better. Um, So, the idea is you identify an event that was triggering to you. Okay, and there are actually sheets of this um, that can lead you through the exercise until until you better understand it. Um... But the essence of it is you start with a triggering event. Then there's a list of emotions here. You can you can technically describe any emotion you want. There's an other column. But you circle the emotions that you felt in that moment. And then you 
um, you write to the degree that you felt them. So it could be from 0 to 100%. Like how intense was the feeling? Like in that moment when I was at the golf, Corbin Hills Golf Course, how anxious did I feel about my life and my, and my financial future? Like was it a 0 or was it a 100? For me, maybe it was like a 50. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, 50. And that's my knee jerk. And I usually go with my knee jerk because I find that there is truth within me if I let it come out. I'd say that was 50, okay? That's an example. Um, then there was, I felt inferior. Um, and then there's a couple of description words next to these words that you can actually circle specifically. So inferior under an umbrella is the feeling of worthlessness, inadequacy, defectiveness, or incompetency. I feel like uh, inadequacy or incompetency I, w- I was feeling. But how intense was the feeling? I'd say maybe 30. Because I do have a lot of self, I really believe in myself. I find that I, I think I am a competent person. I really do. But but in this moment, and that sort of helped to dampen the feeling, I'd say it was like a 30% on that. So you start there. And then we get into the thoughts of this episode. So it's good to, the episode we talked about with mindfulness and meditation and getting to know yourself, that's good. It's really good. And we had to we had to do that one first because you wouldn't be able, if you're not able to, observe yourself or observe your thoughts, you wouldn't be able to identify what thoughts you were thinking in the moment when that emotion came on. So, negative thought examples. Um, so, for me in that case, it would have been um, that I'll never be financially stable. That that I am incompetent in the world and what matters in the world and I don't have a good sense of direction in that. That's the, the thoughts I was feeling. Um, and then you rank those about how much, not how much you felt the thought, but how much you believed the thought, which is similar. But if I, how much that I believe that I was, that I um, am never going to be financially stable? I'd say 30% again on that. And that's in the moment. Well, so actually, you I think you reflect on this. Really, it's best to do it after the fact when you're actually working on it. But how much you believe it when you're writing this down. So I believe it less now. So I would, those percents would probably be lower. But anyway, you work from there and you go to positive thoughts. You try to replace those negative... You look at those negative thoughts and think, how can I create a fact that is a positive... Like a positive thought that is a fact and also directly um, disproves the negative thought. And you work from there. You describe your belief, the percent belief that you believe of the positive thought. And then you go back to the negative thought and do the same. And the, the purpose is, can you cause your belief in the negative thought to go down? Because if you can do that, you break the spell of your inner dialogue in a lot of ways. And you feel better. That's the idea. You're able to change the thought. You're able to change your belief in the thought, the negative thought to be true. I'm able to change that I think I'm incompetent and don't, don't understand money by giving, listing a couple of positive thoughts that are facts about that. I haven't told you guys about this, but I study finance regularly. I look into investing. I'm now talking with a financial advisor to get hit, not to ask him to manage my money. I want to manage my money. But I'm asking him for a good starting point. 
So do I really think I'm going to be financially unstable if I'm doing those things? Those are facts, and they directly go against the fact that I'm that I don't that I'm not going to understand money money long term, and I'm going to be I'm not going to be stable in that way. Now, how much does that change my belief in that first thought? Like, do I really think that I'm not going to be financially stable? Probably not, because that experience and that even just genuine interest in those concepts that says, yeah, I'm probably not going to be financially stable because I'm going to know a ton about money and how the economy and finance works. So that's the exercise. And then you go back and rate the percent that you're feeling the emotion. So that's the daily mood log. Chance, do you have any questions about that? Because I understand that was a long rant and it's it's a not a complex um complex activity but it's a lot to say over a mic so what is there any points of clarification you need no i'm good there's there was two comments that actually came back to me um one was i think it's very valuable in the sense of i don't know where this came from i don't have anything to back up as a source but i know that i read this from something that was it wasn't it was something that i could validate as a reasonable source to trust the information but essentially the way we think is automatically more negative than positive. It's just the way we are wired. Um, so I think it's just very valuable, um, this teaching, because of the way us as humans are wired, is oftentimes we have negative thoughts when the reality of it is they're not valid or there's not a reason why we're thinking negatively. You know, There's a reason, but the reason's not valid. So I think that's very valuable. Um, and it seems like at least from my experience listening in, maybe it's a bit complicated, maybe it takes a bit of time, but I can say it's definitely worth it because Corbin had shared this with me in an instance when, and I just used an example to show that this is very valuable. I was putting up blackout curtains in my room and was just, just little things where I was struggling as far as getting them up, as far as getting the... Um, I can't even think of the word. I was just struggling a lot with getting screws in the wall, this, that, and the other. And I got so frustrated over, like, the smallest things. And, you know, I understand frustration there, but it just it was overwhelming. It kind of ran my day at that point. I wasn't necessarily in the best mood the rest of the day solely because of that. When looking at it now, it's right beside of me. I put pins in it, what are the little, not tacks, but... I don't know what you call them, but pins. And I mean, just as an alternative method because of the way I'm trying to think of how to explain it. I didn't have the wood boards there, the piece that shows where the wood is in the wall. So I wasn't able to put screws in it. So I just put pins in it and it looks fine and it works just fine. But I caused myself to stress a full day solely because of that one situation. So I say all that to say that this is a very valuable um, method that Corbin's teaching about, and I think it shows you a lot of, it, it questions why you're thinking the way you are, and to validate even if those negative thoughts should be there, which in most cases they probably shouldn't. Chance, could I, I, I have two things to say about that. One, I just want to indicate the importance, because he's talking about the work that goes into this. The self-knowing thing, and I've got an activity in here that's actually going to be self-knowing, but also a thought thing, it's going to be a little bit of a hybrid, but we just want to emphasize the importance of that in order to really make a change in your life and to make a change in your inner dialogue, your thoughts, um, which as we've 
indicated really the theory and the, the strong evidence behind this is that it affects your emotions. Um, Chance, would you mind if we went through this activity for a second with that example of yours? I did one example of mine. Yeah, of course. Okay, great. Okay. So, Chance, can I ask you, what was the upsetting event that... And, Chance, do you have anything you could write this down on real quick? Like, just a little like a little scratch notebook paper? Yeah, I can just... I'll use my computer. Okay, that'd be great. Because this way, we can look back and see the percentage. And we really should have prepped. I should have sent you a PDF of this daily mood log. Um, no, we're good. But but we'll just do it like this. And we'll, we'll, I think we, we're going to attach one of these from that to give you a little bit of a teaser of the book. Um, but are you are you ready, Chance? I'm ready. All right. So uh, I want you to write the term upsetting event. And you're going to put a colon. Okay. okay. So what was, the, uh, what was the event that got you upset from the best that you can tell? What was the external event? Uh, putting up blackout curtains. Okay. Write that down. Great. Okay. okay. So now we're going to do emotions. So Chance, emotions you were feeling in that moment. Could you identify some? I will. And two, I'll go on and say, if y'all would like, you can pause this. I would definitely try this out as an example of yours. So if you're listening in, yeah. try to go on and do this yourself. You know, get That's a, a great piece of indication. paper and write this out while I'm doing this as well. So and guys, you can. I'm we're gonna we're gonna attach. I have a like I said, like a PDF document of this. I can attach it. Actually, I printed out like sixty for me to write on that I've been doing on a daily basis. And but I'll attach them. We'll attach them in the show notes. We've got to figure out that how to attach a document um, because it's great. And then you guys can just do it on the paper if you are somewhere. Now I do recognize that you may be driving, listening to this. So. Like, if you're not sitting somewhere, I get that, and maybe this can be a thought exercise. But it is more powerful if you can sit down and write it out. Um, so, anyway, Chance, I really appreciate you saying that. I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah. So, Chance, what emotions can you identify that you were feeling? So, I think the three primary ones were frustrated, anger, and upset. Okay. So, you were frustrated. You were angry. Okay, you were upset. Those are both upset. Um... Did you feel in fear or inadequate that you couldn't get the um now I may be leading you here. I, I need this needs to be out of you, but I'm just curious if like you felt like you were incompetent that you couldn't like this is a simple task, chance. This is you how are you so incompetent to not Yeah, give it to I could I could include that in there. I would say that was a portion of it. Okay. I did I didn't know. I don't want to lead you though. Like but sometimes it's it's hard for us to sometimes to recognize and and write down those emotions that we don't want to we don't feel like we can have no no that works i think like, that's i think yeah. it's valid i think it's valid like we like we resist feeling certain ways because we don't think we can like we don't think it's noble to feel that way um is, is there anything else um like were you did you feel self-conscious or anything like that or um, i could put disappointed i don't know yeah if that's you felt disappointed yeah 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 you felt disappointed, like self disappointment, like you were, like you were self, yeah. like self blame for like, like this is simple chance. How can you be so dumb? Like you yeah. feeling like that. Is there anything else that you can identify? Like, is there like because there's like an other column for uh, these are just like the ones that are, I guess are the more common experiences. I'll uh, I'll just keep it at that for now. 
Okay, great. Yeah, honestly, it might get convoluted, so we may not do all of the... We may just take one of your emotions and work with it. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. So, Chance, um, can you pick one of those... Uh, well, actually, tell you this. What are can you identify any negative thoughts like your what was your inner dialogue whenever you that sort of sparked those emotions do you think uh, I have better things to do this should have taken me five minutes and it's taking me an hour or however long it was um, okay how about this because when you yeah that's a nice one this this is taking this should have taken me five minutes but now it's taking me an hour I love that I love that okay what can you can you write that down? Um, yes, sir. Okay. And once you write that down, all of us together, and you'll see this on your document, there's a little column that says percent before and another one that says percent after. We're going to work with percent before. Chance, how much do you believe that thought that it should have taken you five minutes, but it's now taking you an hour? I'd say 95%. Wow, that's strong. Okay, 95%. Great. That's a strong. That's a strong thought. So, chance. Now we're gonna have to divulge into the cognitive distortion list. We'll need to include this too. This is essential. Um, so, the cognitive distortions, like I mentioned earlier, that's actually how I found this book. Are these thought processes that are unhelpful and oftentimes not true? So let me pull this up. I'm. We can cut this if it takes too long. Okay. So, there are different... There are... He lists them as 10 cognitive distortions, but there's some of them that have, like, two subcategories. So, I'll just list them out to you. Uh, one of them is all-or-nothing thinking. This is based on the premise, and I'm not reading definitions. I'm coming out with what it means to me. Um, this is based on the premise that You know, here's just an example. I, today, I'm Chance, and I was hanging at Black Up Curtains, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. And now because of that, my thought is assuming, like there's a feeling behind this, that I, I am inadequate all across the board because I didn't, I couldn't do this in five minutes. It should have only taken me five minutes. But because I couldn't do it in five minutes, I am dumb. Like, I, I'm taking one thing that happened, and I'm making it... I'm taking one negative thing that happened. You can do this in a positive manner, too, for, I guess, like, narcissistic personalities and stuff. But, like, for this case, you're labeling yourself as being dumb all across the board because you messed up one time. Like, or, like, you didn't do it quickly one time, like, to your expectations. That's an example of all-or-nothing thinking. Um, overgeneralization, and we'll need to flesh this out, or I'll need to flesh it out a little bit more in my mind, but it's similar to all-or-nothing thinking. All-or-nothing thinking, is, I guess, is more like, I, I couldn't do it this time, I'll never be able to do this. So, I'll never be able to do this in the, in the future. Overgeneralization is more of a character thing. It is more what I explained as all-or-nothing thinking. Sorry if that was convoluted. Um, it's more, I couldn't do this this time. I'm overgeneralizing about myself that I am dumb now because of this one thing. There's another concept called a mental filter. Um, this is, I'm taking, 
like there's positive things and, and negative things about my situation, about things. And I filter them into positive and negative categories. That's what this is. But the problem is you filter out positive things. Chance was talking about this a minute ago. We tend to think negatively and, and think on the negative side. We filter it out, positive and negative, and we only focus on the negative. That's what mental filter is. There's also discounting the positive, which is sort of the opposite of the mental filter. You know, you've separated them and you're discounting the positive, so you sort of do that at the same time as the mental filter. There's one that is, I want to highlight this big time in anxiety. It's called jumping to conclusions. There's two different subtypes. There's mind reading and there's fortune telling. Mind reading is whenever you are in a social situation and you're, you are assuming that you know what, what, what a person thinks. So this is indicated a lot in social anxiety. I'm in a group of four people. We're new. We, haven't, we don't know each other very well, or we do. And I say something. I see a facial expression on somebody else, and I assume that they think, that they think what I just said was boring, for example. I assume I know what they're thinking. And then I spiral into negative thoughts about that and about myself because I just guessed, I projected what they were thinking. I jumped to a conclusion about what's in their mind. And because I jumped to that conclusion, that conclusion is now making me upset in some way. Um, Then there's one called fortune telling, which is what I do a lot. And it's indicated in anxiety quite a bit. Um, Is that I project an outcome in the future. This is a perfect example about my financial instability that I, I said, you know, I don't own a bunch of real estate right now. I'm never going to be financially competent. I'm never going to have the the means in that way. I've projected that with no good factual evidence behind it. So those are some examples of this. Um, and Chance, maybe this is getting too dull. I don't want to go ranting and talking too much to where I lose you because if I lose you, I'm probably losing viewers. So... What do you what do you think, Chance? Am I no, am man, I losing? No, man, you're good. Okay, is this is this engaging? Is this quality content for I can, for I you and for the it, listeners? I consider it valuable. I'm learning okay. a lot. Okay, great. Um, then there's magnification or minimization, which this, to my mind, and I'm still getting oriented with this in some ways. It has a it's very similar to the mental filter and discounting the positive, in that you're magnifying the negative. You're magnifying certain things. I guess this could be about anything. Like you're magnifying your focus on certain things and minimizing on other things. This is a tendency we have. We we hyper focus and we get so fixated on certain things. Um, then there is a this one's very interesting. And David Burns came up with this one himself. Um, it's called emotional reasoning, and it's where I feel that I am inadequate. I must be inadequate. You're assuming that your feelings are facts. Which isn't the case. Hey, and I'll interject. You see, that was a great example. You thought, based off of my expression, that you were being boring, and therefore you asked about it. It's, when it's rea- excellent. When reality, well, well, I just yes. had a blank face. Well, well, let me clarify that. If I had said that, and I didn't ask you, so if I asked to clarify what you are thinking, that's different. Because, But me assuming that I know what you are thinking, like if I get a hint that... You're, let me let me separate that. Like if I get a hint that you think I'm being boring or that I'm not being engaging, like I see it in your body, and I don't ask you, and I assume that you think I'm boring and that I'm boring as a person, and that makes me feel bad, 
then I'm mind reading. I like but it. I, I, like I wouldn't examples. be I, I wouldn't be mind reading. Yeah, this is great. A perfect example. But I wouldn't be mind reading if I see something, I see a tendency, and I ask you straight up, and I say, what are the contents of your mind right now? So that I can get a more act- accurate depiction of reality. Yeah. But that's, Chance, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you, like, brought that up. Like, that's, like, you're, that's so, like, intelligent and, and um, I'm following revealing along with you. And so revealing, though. Like, it's, like, it's great. Like, I wouldn't have thought to do that. Um, so that's emotional reasoning. I think I, I feel, therefore I must be. You know, I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I am in danger. I must be in danger. Like that's the whole thing behind anxiety. You know, like we talked about in the first episode. You perceive that something bad is going to happen. Something bad must be about to happen. That's that's our assumption there. That's not a healthy assumption in many ways. It sets us up for expectations that may not be the truth good or bad um then there's should statements and chance i see you doing this a lot to be honest i see myself doing it a lot honestly too but i do see this indicated in you like you you have high standards for yourself which i really admire but at some level it's like chance you should have finished this in five you should have done these blackout curtains in five minutes it's taking you an hour like that's that all the time you should i should have done this then it makes you feel guilty. It makes you be like, I should be better. I should be better. And you get addicted to this I should be better mindset. You know, like, I am not worthy right now. Yeah, no, I get that a lot. That's very uh, valid in my life. So, like, yeah, but, the and should could take a couple of, so it says should statement. So, like, um, yeah, it's a, there's shoulds. And they can be hidden shoulds. You may not say it, but it's like, this is my expectation for myself. This is I have to be doing this in order to be a worthy human being. Like I'm worthless if I sh- if I'm not doing this in five minutes. Like I am I'm dumb. Like chance, how could you do that? Um, and then there's labeling, um, which is so labeling is sort of a even more. Um, it's a more severe version of overgeneralization. You know, general overgeneralization. I'm like with the same example. It's um, the blackout curtains. I couldn't put up blackout curtains in five minutes. That was a dumb... As a, as opposed to saying that was less than my best or that was one specific case, over-labeling is I am dumb. People do, people do dumb things, but there aren't people that are purely dumb all the time. Do you understand? Like, yeah. people, people do dumb things. I do... Everybody does dumb things. Things that we would say are dumb, but we aren't dumb people. Like, that's such a that's such a labeling, because you can't be dumb all the time. That would make you a dumb person, because that's always with you. Like, that is always yourself. But everybody, every once in a while, people, even people that we all say, yeah, they're dumb, they're dumb. They're not dumb across the board, believe it or not. So, that's interesting, I thought. And then finally, there's blame. And like I said, there's categories for some of these things. There's self-blame and there's other blame. Um, and these are just distortions. So in some, and there's one called, um, there's something called reattribution, which is uh, a concept where it's like, so something happens. So say you, say you, 
say, I'm trying to think of a good example for you. Say, okay, here's one. Say you're in a group project. Yeah, I hope this goes well. Um, <laughs> I hope this example goes well. Um, the, say you're in a group project, and the you do the project and you come out and you get a grade and it's like a like a thirty. You know, it's like a, it's like a pretty nasty like gnarly grade. You can do a couple things, and different people have different tendencies. There is one tendency that is self blame. And it's saying, there's a 30, there's tons of people involved, tons of factors involved, all this different stuff. But if you got a 30, it's your fault. And you take on that. You're like, that's self-blame. It's like, I did it. It must have been me. Like, I didn't, like, I should have spent another hour on the PowerPoint. Like, that was dumb of me. Like, what did I, like, it's all me. There's putting it on yourself. And then there's the other distortion, that it's, it's all the other people. I had no part in this. I had no, like, it's it's Randy, he did it. He's he's the one that's bad, you know, like. Dang, tough for Randy. Yeah, Rand, you, know, you suck, Randy. No, <laughs> that sounded like Aziz Ansari. I don't know if you guys know him. You suck, Randy. I think he had a friend named Randy. Anyway. <laughs> I have but, an uh, uncle named Randy. Yeah, you do have an uncle named Randy. Yeah, you suck, Randy. <laughs> this is a joke, I love you, Randy. Um, but um, other, other blame is sort of like having the tendency to do that and assume that every part, like, you got a 30 and that's because of Randy. Like, you didn't have any part in it. Nobody else in the group had part in it. But it was Randy. Or there's also the version of other blame, which is probably more common. It's blame anybody but me. That sort of thing. Um, so anyway, those, those are the cognitive distortions. And uh, we you take them back to the model that Chance and I were talking about. It seemed like forever ago, but that was, that was a very important concept. Talk, um concept those distortions and we'll talk about those more in the future i'm sure um so chance can we go back to your negative thought that we that we drew out a minute ago and sorry for you guys that were like trying to follow along because that probably just got like botched but you need the distortions because that's the next step in this yeah so i've got this is taking me five minutes oh this this should take me five minutes but it's taking me an hour 95 this should this should take you five minutes should should take you five minutes, but it's taking you an hour. Um, so let's identify some cognitive distortions. I think there's an obvious one there. Chance, can you can you identify the? You don't have the list in front of you. I should we should have prepared it's the, for that. It's but. the should one. It's the one we were talking about that was most prominent in my life. Should statements, Chance Brown. You are a you are a repeat offender. I think I don't know, but I can't. I can't tell you how you are. You have to tell yourself that. But, um, but should statements, right? What is there anything else you can see in that? Should the obvious one? It's right there in the rhetoric. No, I'm missing. I'm sorry. Solely because I don't have them in front of me. Yeah. Um. So, should have taken you that. It's taking you an hour. Um. You're you were fortune telling without good evidence that that should have taken you five minutes. Like. You don't like you. Have you hung up black curtain, uh, blackout curtains before? I have not. Have you hung them up behind a bed frame? I have not. All right. Well, so did you have any good evidence to indicate that it would only take you five minutes? Not necessarily. Did you or did you not? No, I did not. Okay, good. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. I okay, mean, it's good. good. It, it follows my point. We we can make it. We can we can use this example. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. Um, so fortune telling. Um, these are examples, and you can find these. Usually, these cognitive distortions sort of tag along with each other. So, like, 
they don't exist in a vacuum. Like normally, if you have a thought, there's going to be multiple because they sort or a see like a line of thoughts, which um, you have in those moments. You don't just think one thought normally. Um, usually, there's a lot of distortions that play off of each other, and they sort of they create this thing that isn't reality, and they just take you farther away as you keep um, employing distortions. So. You do that, and we won't keep doing that, but that's that's an important exercise to be able to recognize those in your own thoughts, um, being able to write down your thoughts and then do that. So, but you believe that 95%. Okay, great. I do. So, from that, can you list any positive thoughts that would directly disprove the fact that you should have been done in five minutes, but it took you an hour? I wasn't. I don't know if this would be what you're looking for I didn't fully understand not knowing the full not knowing exactly what the project looked like wouldn't um, mm-hmm. know I wouldn't know exactly how long it was going to take right right I don't I'm struggling to find the answer to this no that's great well this is the it's a muscle you know you work this muscle more and it helps as you go along so it's not that wouldn't be abnormal. I, I'm the same way, dude. Like it. Um, well, okay. Let me let me explain this positive thought uh, and what you need for this positive thought to be effective in disproving your negative thought and helping you feel better. So, let me see if I can remember this. So there are two conditions. There's one condition, and I think this is the necessary condition. I believe. It is the condition that this pos- this new positive thought has to be a fact, like in your face, dead fact. Like it's hard it's hard for you to dispute it in your mind, for your negative thoughts to dispute it. It is, you know, airplanes fly. You know, that's just, but it's like, it is a hard fact. Um, it has to have that element for it to be effective. And the second... Um, I think it's a necessary condition and a sufficient condition. Necessary is what we just outlined. Sufficient condition is, does it directly disagree with the negative thought? Like, does it straight up in its face say, if this positive thought is true, which we just said that that has to be true first, does it, it is true and it directly goes against what the negative thought is? That negative thought can't be true. Because it literally directly defied it. And that's the, I think that's called the sufficient condition. That's what they, you don't have to necessarily remember that, but that's the, the thing. So if you can find one, which it, this, is a, this is honestly the part that I think this and identifying the distortions takes the most talent and the most, not talent, but the most being able to flex that muscle of reflection. So is um, there any, any thoughts you could think that fulfill both conditions? The only thing I'm thinking of, and this might not, this might not be the answer to your question, is that I know how to use a screwdriver. <laughs> the my issue was I didn't have the tool to, if if you're familiar with this, where it like goes across the wall, where it shows you where I think it's two by fours are in the wall, and because of that, when I put screws in the wall, they just went through the drywall, which was causing yeah. my problem, and. Okay. So, therefore, my validation would be, I know how to use a screwdriver. I don't know. Well, okay, try to stick on that one negative thought, though. It's like, it should have taken me five minutes, but it took me an hour. Like, what, 
identify a positive thought that straight up says it shouldn't have necessarily taken me five minutes. Like an example would be, exam. so this is a tactic called examine the evidence. Look up how long it's going to take, how long it takes to put up blackout curtains behind, and it's yours is specific. How long does it normally take, like in a direction? Thing. I mean, maybe I could say for the average person, this project is not per se easy. I don't know. Maybe it is. Is it not per se easy? Yeah, great. Well, you need to. Well, that wouldn't be good because you have to believe it a hundred percent. You have to believe it either like ninety to five, ninety nine to a hundred percent. Like that is. That's why it being an absolute absolute fact is important. Putting up blackout curtains in an apartment with the tools that I have was very difficult. Okay. Okay. Um, you need something a little bit, honestly, a little bit more hard and finite to it. Like, boom. Like, like I looked up the directions. The directions say this should take an hour and a half to put up. But it also depends on the situation. Like, you did not have the easiest situation of doing it in either. But just as a hard fact, like, just I have a window. And it'd be hard to find a number for this. But just to, there would be numbers out there. And they'd probably say, my guess is more than five minutes, especially with your situation there. Yeah. Like, if you can find a direct fact that's like, it's it's a fact, and it says, uh-uh, that negative thought is not right, that's what you want to use. And you're going to get clarity on that by saying how much you believe the positive thought. Like, you'll, like you'll know, like... And if you don't believe it, like a hundred percent, ninety five percent, then you gotta, you gotta, you you can compound and bring, and create more positive thoughts for that same negative thought to see if you can just uh, prove it. I'm good at basic construction projects, very basic construction projects. Well, that wouldn't disprove the negative thought. That would that would corroborate it, wouldn't it? You'd say you would expect to be done in five minutes, wouldn't you? This is tough. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and different thoughts are going to be different difficulty levels. So, like, this is Chance's first time ever doing this, so it may take you a minute. But plus, this thought is is a little bit harder to... Dis- it's a little bit relative, so it's a little bit harder to disprove. There's different levels of difficulty with doing this. Anyway, um, but after this, if he could figure... I mean, we don't necessarily have to figure out a thought if he can't think of one. Um, but after this, you would go back and you would rank that that negative thought about how much you now believe it to see if you've disproved it. Here's a good example. Here's a great example. I feel incompetent now because I couldn't figure out an answer to this question. Okay. You you feel incompetent. Well, then we have to do the whole process again. Then you'd have to to do a negative thought. Then we'd have to find, we'd have to rank it on percentage. We'd have to do a distortions. We'd have to do positive thought. Uh, but no, that's no, excellent. Okay. That's an excellent thing. And what thought led you? This happens all the freaking time, and it like it like can really influence our mood if we're not aware of it. But the cool thing is, you only have to focus on this for a little bit, and then and then this process of what chance and I are the exercise, it just comes natural, and there's no effort involved. Like it's just that's what, how you are now. Like it's it's like one of those things that like you don't have to do these logs forever necessarily. You just have to get in the habit of doing it to then in the moment you start doing it, like naturally you just disprove your negative thought and you have better moods. So it's it's like going, like any habit you pick up or any, you know, just this is like a neural circuitry that you're doing. You're, you're, que- you're sort of putting your negative thoughts on, in a nice way, on trial. And too, the whole, the whole fact, the, 
the main thing is too, you're you're more cognitive of your thoughts. It's great. It's awareness, and that's part of what meditation is. And there's some journaling techniques that we're, we're probably just going to keep talking in the future about these things to get more aware of yourself because that's the baseline. Like that's why we that's why we did that episode as episode number three, I think it was, um, for getting to know your know oneself. Um, the title. But yeah, and then after that, after you'd ranked how much you believe that negative thought now, and if it's really low, like you can you can go, some people, examples in there, he's like, yeah, some of my clients went from 100% to 0% on that negative thought. And then they look back at their feeling and I'm like, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel joyous and I feel grateful and I feel alive. Um, so, and that's the process. You need to go back to see how your emotions changed. And that's really cool. And that's the direct link between your your thought and your emotion and that's and that's the the backbone of cognitive therapy which is this is the, re, the one another reason that I really like this work is because cognitive behavioral therapy in in research very well this is the most research therapeutic technique that we've ever ever known in in the in the history of therapeutic techniques and for sorry for anxiety and i believe depression as well so this is great work, and you don't have to have a pathology for this. Remember, all these things are spectrum. So even though, even if you don't have an anxiety disorder diagnosed, these things are still beneficial for you. Like these things, because we all have, we can all strive for a better life. We can all we can all strive for a better life, and our thoughts are major groundwork of who we are. And they affect our feelings, and they affect how we interact in the world, and how we how we just are, like how how happy we are with our lives. Um, Chance, do you have any thoughts? I I've been I've been talking a lot. I'm interested to hear what your reflection is. I love how it's this episode is on thoughts, and you're asking me my thoughts. Um, no, I think it's great <laughs> content. I think it's I consider myself somewhat self aware. Yeah, and I think it helps. Yeah. I think it improves my self awareness of the whole should have. I think that's. I think moving forward, one thing that might be really beneficial is be aware of all of these different points that Corbin's made, but maybe pick out one or two. That and this, we can just go on in the challenge if if this works with you. Unless you have something else, yeah. I was, well, Chance, I, I want to ask you right now in this moment how you feel as a person right now, and then we can move into that stuff. I want to know how, how you feel, like like and be and don't try not to filter because we can we can cut it out if this is too personal, but just say how you are feeling right now, and then we can lead them out with a challenge. I don't know how I'm feeling. I really don't. Reflect my on brain's, it for a moment. My brain's been all over the place. Re- reflect on it for a moment right now. How are you right now? I'm D- content. And take, take, take your time. Take, take your time with it. Don't, yeah, just give me a, give me a, give me a true, how was, how was the chance right now? I'm good. I'm not like <laughs> a really excited. I'm not like, I'm content. Okay, cool. So, so, um, yeah, are we wanting to call it here? I've got other techniques, but I don't want to bog the episode down too long. How long are we running right now? We're at an hour. We're at an hour? Yeah, okay, let's call it. <laughs> we can uh, we can wrap it up, and I'm, you mean go into the challenge real quick? I think that'd be... Yeah, go, go into the challenge. I, I mean, I think I've got a good grasp on the challenge. I think digging more into this, and we are going to um, link a book... In this, we're going to link um, the book, When Panic Attacks, which is what 
some of the stuff, some of the techniques that I've been working out with um, today, some of the things that have benefited me. And we are going to um, set up our first affiliate program with that. So let me explain to you how this exactly this works. And we're probably going to put in a cut on this, so we may actually cut out this audio. But um, how affiliate programs work are creators, you know, podcast people, YouTube, what have you, they partner up with different companies. Maybe it'll be Amazon in this case. Um, and basically any time that you guys decide to use our link um, and you make a purchase um, through our link, we receive a small commission off of that purchase, even though it isn't our product. It's called affiliate marketing. And um, in the in the spirit of complete transparency, we do make a commission off of this. And our idea behind this is it's products and services that we have used. Like I got this book and it's helped me with my anxiety, for example. And I've been able to really get more in touch with myself and live a life that I'm f- far happier with. Um, and living on purpose because I'm getting to know myself. We will... Include those if it's a product that we see is worthwhile for our viewer and that relates to our podcast and is it is, would be a nice supplement to you listening and you being able to gain more peace and purpose in your life. But we wanted to be transparent and let you know that we do make a small commission off of these things. And in the future, we'll see. We may There are some where we can actually give you guys a discount because you've used our link, um, but otherwise it would just be an air of, of support from you guys so that we can do this and, and have a... Um, and make a bit a bit of a living off of this, we hope to, and, and to do something we love at the same time while helping you. Um, so yeah, but I guess our challenge is to, to start working on your thoughts and reflecting on what we've s- said today, but more applicable, I guess we could say, is we. I will actually attach the daily move log that I walked Chance through today, and then I did myself um, today, speaking about um, the golf course and all, all that stuff. And we'll attach that if you guys do want to work through that and um, reflect on experience to begin working on that. So that that sheet is our challenge for today. And we'll also link the book if you guys are interested. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, bro. I gotta I still gotta read that book. <clears throat> I'm working yeah. on a few yeah, books. Yeah, man. So. I'm telling you, it is it's fan it's really transformed my life. Um and that's why I wanted to bring it to everybody's attention today because it is it's a it's been a worthwhile pursuit for me. I can't speak for you, um, but yeah. Well, um, well, I, I gotta say, Corbin, thank you, thank you for sharing. There was a lot of great insight for me, yeah. and hopefully for the viewers as well. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, um, love you, Chancy. I love the viewers. I love you guys. You guys are gonna do great. You guys can have a good week, and uh, we will see you next time. If you are enjoying or benefiting from our show, and you'd like to spread the love, you can do so by subscribing downloading, and telling your friends and family about us, especially if you feel that they could benefit as well. Also, if you'd like to access our show notes, which includes any resources that we may speak about during the show, you can do so by clicking the down arrow, the details button, or the abridged paragraph, depending on the platform from which you are listening. We want to thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. The Peace and Purpose podcast is a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates program an affiliate advertising program designed to provide means for creators to earn advertising revenue by advertising and linking to Amazon.com. Both our show notes, and if you'd like to access our show notes, click the down arrow below our graphic or the details button if you're listening on Apple Podcast. 
and our Facebook page, the link to which you can find in our show notes, may also include affiliate links to Amazon and its affiliate sites. We want to make you aware that the Peace and Purpose podcast will make a referral commission at no cost to you if you choose to use our link to make your purchase. Using our links is a good way to show your support for our show if you have the means and feel so called. Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose podcast. See you next week.